0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Kyle Madsen, and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.Kim, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, joining me right now, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we're going to talk about the 49ers, 45-29 win over the Arizona Cardinals, but first, let's talk about our friends over at Lamb Chops, the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. As you can see, Chris is wearing a great Lamb Chops wordmark T right now. You can get t-shirts, hoodies, shorts, sweatpants. Right now, they're Fall and Winter Collection. It's a hoodie. There's some sweatpants. There's a dope ass t-shirt and there's the Letterman style jacket, all very dope. And that's honestly the best quality some clothing can have.
2: I'm wearing this shirt right now because uh, it's a little chilly outside. Take the dog out, take the trash out. Um, And these shirts, it's a Minnesota brand. These shirts are made for this time of year. They're nice and warm. They're nice and cozy. Um, So shout out to lamb chops. Everything they make is good. Shorts, joggers, uh, a lot of it's got zippered pockets, hoodies. Obviously, the hoodies mm-hmm. are some of our favorites. So um, shout out
1: to our guy Craig and uh, and Lamb Chops for sponsoring the pod. Use promo code candlestick20 at sglamchops.com for 20% off your order today. And you too can look like the number one seed Minnesota Timberwolves right now, sitting in 1905 five, <laughs> atop, atop the Western <laughs> Conference. Shout out to the shout out to the Wolves and the state of Minnesota. Uh, doing it for doing it for the 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 people who um, went down with the football team. That was tough. Tough for our guys out there in Minnesota. All right. SGLambChops.com is a website. Promo code Candlestick20 for 20% off your order today. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. We love Cooper's Brewing. It is our favorite brewery. We like hanging out up there at the brewery in Santa Rosa. We highly encourage you to do the same. There's not only the great beer, but it's great vibes. Indoor, outdoor seating. Bring a dog. They have a great food truck. You need some good food. Meet some good people, and have some delicious beer, which is priorities one and two, I think.
2: Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA, of course, is our favorite for obvious reasons. Everything there they make is good, though. You can get, yeah, um, you can get hazy pale ales, you can get pale ales, you can get West Coast IPAs, you can get um, oatmeal wheat beers, oatmeal stouts, lagers, pilsners, anything you could possibly want, they have, and it's yep. all top quality, uh, just like the vibes in the brewery. And also top quality being able to get a case of beer or multiple cases of beer shipped directly to you. Uh, if, you're of, if you're of age 21 or up, of course, and in the state of California, you can get Cooperage Brewing delivered right to your door. If you can't get to the brewery or you can't get to one of the many bottle shops that, uh, that are have Cooperage in stock. So check out cooperagebrewing.com and uh, go to the brewery in Santa Rosa. It's a lot of fun.
1: Hell Yeah. Do all those things. Shout out Cooper's Brewing. And of course, get your Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPI. Come on. Be the MV of your tailgate. All right. Let's talk about this 49ers win.
0: Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle
1: is going to go. Touchdown. Wilson's Got him. in a second back inside the 30. Pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. You know, I've pushed back pretty hard on the idea that Christian McCaffrey is actually the MVP of the NFL because I think I'm trying to think realistically about this, and I'm thinking of what voters are going to look at. And da, da, da. But then games like Sunday happen. And Christian McCaffrey leads the team in rushes with 18, rushing yards with 115, and posts a touchdown on the ground. And then he also leads the team in receptions with five, receiving yards with 72, and posts a couple of touchdowns through the air. And on days like today, it's really, really hard to push back on the idea that Christian McCaffrey isn't actually the MVP. For me,
2: personally. If he stays healthy over the last three games of the season, he's going to have well over 2,000 scrimmage yards. Yeah, he might Um, break Jerry
1: Rice's franchise record for touchdowns.
2: Yeah, and he's already up to 20 touchdowns. So, yeah, I I think there is a case there. Um, I just... I I tend to just give it to the quarterback. Like, there were some plays in the game. Like, Christian McCaffrey makes a lot of plays. Don't get me wrong. But it feels like throughout the season, when it's like a gotta-have-it-have-it moment, you're getting more of those moments from the quarterback brock purdy than you are necessarily from christian mccaffrey and that's not to take anything away from what cmc is doing but when it comes to the mvp discussion like i thought like the biggest play or one of the biggest plays in today's game was right after brock purdy came back in it was a third i think it was a third and nine maybe it was third and long brock purdy breaks the pocket goes to his left and floats that pass to george kittle that he sort of uses one hand as a backboard to corral yeah. and then catches, yeah. and, and then they go down and score. That was a sick play. <laughs> that, to me, was was kind of, you know, like, th- there are just so many plays throughout the season where you're like, okay, bro- like a Brock Purdy throw was like a defining moment in the game. And yeah. obviously, McCaffrey's, McCaffrey's production speaks for itself. It's insane how good he is. But it feels like when when anything's in the balance, you tend to rely more on your quarterback to make a play than you do your running back. So that would be my only push yeah. but like my only pushback on his MVP candidacy would just be like if you watch the 49ers every every play like we do, like I think they're just those moments where like okay, the game's in the balance or they need a big play offensively. Mm-hmm. it's the quarterback who's making it in those very specific moments while McCaffrey's just sort of the guy who you just kind of count on down in and down out to to keep things moving if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. It's just when he plays like he did today and he does everything on the ground and he's making plays in the air and he's putting up three touchdowns, it's like, okay, like you get where it comes up. You get why you get you get. It's very front and center why he's in the conversation. So yeah, just another really good offensive game all around. But honestly, it went a little bit like I thought it would. I thought it would be a little bit more shootout y than the Niners typical kind of blowout of, of worse opponents. And sure enough, they were sitting there at halftime up twenty one thirteen in a game that felt closer than that score. And they were a Ronnie Bell elbow away from being twenty one twenty at the half. So I I didn't I never felt like they were going to lose, but it definitely had the tenor that I that I thought it would, especially with what Arizona did on the ground. Any Arizona ball carrier who carried it more than once averaged more than six yards per carry, which is bananas. (laughs) Uh, It was just, it was, it was more apparent than I thought it would be. Yeah. 30 carries for 234 yards and a couple of touchdowns for, for Arizona. It was just more apparent than I thought it would be that the Niners were missing their two starting defensive tackles.
2: Yeah. It just felt like there was more space around the line of scrimmage yeah. and in the trenches and there normally would be mm-hmm. right and that makes it a little bit more difficult on the linebackers um when the running backs have more space to operate um mm-hmm. the the Niners tackling was sloppy throughout really I feel like it, at every level even Fred Warner you know Fred Warner felt like he missed a handful of tackles Nick Bosa missed a few tackles it was just you know I don't I don't know what the what you prescribe the issue when it comes to or how you you know Prescribe the issue when it comes to dealing with missed tackles like it's not you're not practicing tackling during the week obviously it's positioning and fundamentals are a focus of just like playing football but I I don't know like what you do to to address missed tackles aside from just you know locking in right like just lock in and Mm -hmm. and and be more honed in on your fundamentals but that was that was to me probably the thing that stood out uh, from the defensive side and and why I was glaring it. It just never felt like Arizona had the weapons today. Um, Mm -hmm. they could, they could do what they wanted, um, on the ground for sure. But with the way, particularly after Traverius Ward had the pick six and Traverius Ward was, um, was excellent. Again, I I didn't think he was going to play today after sitting out Mm -hmm. basically the entirety of, of last week's game against Seattle. Um, with the groin injury, but he man, he made that interception and he was flying. Um, our, our guy Nick Wagner uh tweeted that he was going, I think it was upwards almost 21 miles an hour, just under, and it was the third fastest time Jeez. by a 49ers ball carrier this season. Um, which is crazy well, to think about, given
1: so, given the guys they have on offense. It feels so rare that like, usually a pick six is like uh, they jumped a flat route or. They, um, you know, had a sick return where they got a couple of blocks and, you know, had a caravan down the sideline. It feels so rare that you see a seam route jumped like that and then have the guy go mm-hmm. untouched to the end zone. That just felt like a really bizarre pick six to me. And it was because he was moving like that and nobody could catch him. Like, I didn't know Trevor's Ward had it like that in the straight light speed department.
2: Yeah. Me neither. Like I knew he could hang with some of the big physical receivers. I didn't, I didn't have him as like a, as a fast guy. And maybe it's just different when, you know, like you have the adrenaline of the ball in your hands as a defensive player, knowing that you have a chance to score. Yeah. But I mean, he can he could definitely move. And Kyle Shanahan said after the game, like he was asked about it and he was like, no, he could definitely run. Like Traveris or Mooney can Mooney can run. He's a, uh, he can move a little bit. So yeah, defensively, like it, it wasn't a good game but but my big takeaway from the game overall was like this is kind of what elite teams do like week in and week out elite teams can win games that don't have you know that they don't have their fastball they like defense wasn't good so the offense picks them up or if the offense is bad then the defense picks them up Mm -hmm. um Complimentary football, it's part of the formula, Kyle. I don't know if, you, if you're if you familiar with that. Well, complimentary that football, there. I
1: believe, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I believe that was one of your keys to the game.
2: <laughs> yeah, and um, all four quarters. Yeah. And uh, wanting it. And, and wanting it more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, you know, remember like 2019, right? It was this, yeah. uh, the Saints game where it was, you know, the, the Niners couldn't stop anybody. And Drew Brees was letting him up. And then it just took one stop from Nick Bosa, and that sort of changed the tenor of the game. And this game wasn't anything like that because the Cardinals aren't anything like the Saints. But the Mm -hmm. point is is that we look at that 2019 defense as as really elite, right? Like that that carried the Niners team to the Super Bowl. Well, that week in New Orleans, the defense just didn't have it. And then Mm -hmm. it was Jimmy Garoppolo in the offense that picked everybody up for the 49ers to get to where they want to go they're going to have to win games that don't always follow the formula of jump out ahead go up by a touchdown or two lap the team at you know score just before the half mm-hmm. get the ball after halftime and then just you know throttle them defensively like they're going to there's going to be a back and forth game at some point p- potentially even in the playoffs or a mm-hmm. game where the offense just can't do anything like you know the green bay playoff game where the, the special teams touchdown ends up being the difference right like mm-hmm. those types of wins and being able to win different ways is ultimately what's going to define the success of this 49ers season in my opinion right like i mm-hmm. i just th- the playoffs are going to be different unless the 49ers there's a chance the 49ers are so good that their formula of getting ahead and staying ahead and just like keep pouring on points and keep playing well defensively is just going to work the whole way they might be that good right but the, but the odds and what history says is just, like, it's going to get hard in the playoffs. You're going to play a weird game. Right. You're going to yeah. be, like, what the 49ers experienced in the NFC Championship game um, in, in uh, L.A., like, being up, then being down, and having to come back, and then, you know, Kansas City Super Bowl, obviously, being up, being down, having to yeah. come back. They haven't had to do that much this year. And so, but when you have wins like this where – Defense isn't playing well, and it's like, all right, well, the offense is just going to score 45. Like mm-hmm. that's ultimately a good sign. And so, yeah, Arizona stinks. Like they, they're very much, you know, in the early stages of a rebuild. They have a first year coach. We don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen with Kyler Murray long term. Um, so all that aside, like this had the classic makings of a trap game. Arizona was coming off a bye.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and we've seen how the 49ers have played against opponents who were coming off bys. So I thought it would be a trickier game because of that but it wasn't really. Um, But ultimately like just the fact they could win sort of outside their formula was, was the big takeaway for me. And obviously, you know, bigger picture winning the NFC West is, you know, one of the boxes you want to check on the season, right? Um, It's not, but they, they can be no lower than the three seed now, which is, which is a positive for them. Um, But now like, It's going to get tough Monday night against uh, I don't have the I don't have the Baltimore Jacksonville game on right now, but it's going to be tough against Baltimore. And we'll see. We'll see how the 49ers stack up against, you know, arguably the best team in the AFC. But for me, it's just this was like a balanced like you you, like you kind of have to win ugly when the defense isn't playing well sometimes. And that's what they did. And ultimately,
1: that's a positive. So who would you say? If the 49ers are the best team in football right now who's the second best team I want to make a point off a point you made
2: like the second best team from like yeah. a resume standpoint or a yeah team just just
1: like... who's who you're making power rankings who's number two is it Baltimore probably I I would need to I'm I would just gonna watch I'm... that Buffalo Dallas okay game let me today. let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase, <laughs> it let me rephrase it let me rephrase it hang on if you were throwing teams in a bucket As the other top teams in the league, which what's a team that you would throw in there? (laughs) I'm trying to Baltimore, Baltimore. Okay, I'm just grabbing Baltimore's schedule here because you pointed out like this is what good teams do, um, or what the elite teams do, and sometimes you're gonna struggle weirdly and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm looking at this Baltimore schedule, and they have like a 20 to 10 win over the Chargers. Like that's not that great of a win, all things considered. They I lose to the Browns. Everybody out. <laughs> they lose it right. They lose to the Browns, who had uh Deshaun Watson at the time and he was hurt. But the the Ravens are up like seventeen nothing in that game. They have a seven point win over the Cardinals. They have an eight point win over the Titans. They lost to the Steelers. uh They lost to the Colts. They had a three point win over the Bengals when Joe Burrow couldn't move on his calf. Like they beat the Rams by six last week in OT. So it just it it is. Um. Or no, d- that game did not wind up going to OD, did it? Did that game? Which did- one? Yeah, that one. That that one went to OD. Doesn't matter. Anyways, just to your point, I feel like the Niners don't have a game like that outside of their three game losing streak, where it's like, oh boy, they got they just snuck out of there with that one. Or man, they really struggled with that bad team. Like they're just kind of steamrolling everybody. The only and, times and and they've struggled. The pool- only time Go that ahead. they've struggled is when they haven't had Trent and Debo at the same time. Right, right. No, during that right during that three game losing streak, and, and outside have, of that, they... the fact that here's the point I'm making. <laughs> I take ten years to get there. The fact that they've played 14 NFL games now, and outside of the three that they've lost, have not had a weird like, ooh, that was kind of an ugly win. Like, what the hell? Like, it's nice to get the W, but ugh. That, that they've not done that yet makes me think that, hey, maybe the just steamroll everybody they play is just going to be a thing. And maybe, like you said, maybe the playoffs are always weird. You get one game and people, you know, pucker up or they shine under the lights and, you know, whatever. Coaches are pulling out all the stops. I get it. But, man, I'm... I, I just i've i don't i've kind of just run out of things to say when they just kind of kick a team's ass
2: well the difference between like being a team being a team that just steams roll steam everybody and a team that will occasionally have those sort of ugly wins like you're talking about
1: mm-hmm.
2: is the quarterback play yeah it's it's the fact that brock purdy it seems like every week is throwing three or four touchdowns with no interceptions
1: mm-hmm.
2: and like he had 16 to 25 for 242 yards. That's not even cl- including the two long passes of Debo Samuel that I thought were good, or um, Brandon Ayuk that I thought were good throws. The first one, I think it was on the first drive, it, it hit Ayuk in the chest. It's like four yards. Oh, yeah, yards but then defender just got a it. hand on it. Yeah. And then there was the other one where in the second half, where Ayuk was past the defense, it looked like it would have been a walk in touchdown. And in my opinion, it looked like he stumbled on his route. And had he been full speed instead of stumbling, he would have, he would have walked into the end zone. That's, you know, two plays, say 60 yards. He's at like 300 yards potentially in five touchdowns.
1: Yeah, right. right. (laughs) Yeah. I think that one, just on that second, I one, it, I, I thought I saw the stumble, but I thought he stumbled because Purdy left it too far to the sideline, but it doesn't matter. Your point stands.
2: So. I mean, either way, it was another super efficient Brock game. And maybe this, this plays into the, the Brock Purdy MVP conversation that we continue to have. But Can't wait. the difference between, like, you know, I I've I talked a lot about it before the Eagles game. I was like, you know, the Niners have only sort of won games in this one formula. And we haven't seen the Eagles have won all sorts of games in all these different ways. Mm-hmm. You know what? Maybe Brock Purdy just elevates the 49ers to the point where, like, they don't have to win in all these other ridiculous ways. They don't have to come back from halftime every week because they're just so damn good
0: Mm -hmm. with
2: Brock Purdy at quarterback. That just might be it. Like it, it might not be a thing where they're like punching above their weight and like someone's going to hit them in the mouth in the playoffs and they're going to like stumble and struggle to react. They might just be that much better than everybody. And since the bye week and their three game losing streak, they're beating everybody by double digits. And none of these games are close, whether it's a good team or a bad team and they're just kind of handling business and rolling and the way the Cowboys played today in Buffalo, the way mm-hmm. we've seen the Eagles play the last few weeks, and we don't know what's going to happen with the Eagles on Monday night, and if Jalen Hurts is going to play in Seattle, Eagles yeah, could lose the Niners. The yeah, the, the Niners could be a game clear of those teams that they have the tiebreaker on, which essentially means they're two games up on both the Cowboys and Eagles. With three games to go. They might just be good enough to just roll through these teams. If they stay healthy, Like it might Man. not matter that they haven't had to come back from a fourth quarter deficit. They might just so, be so good on offense that they're just going to, they're just going to roll through these teams and look like peak Alabama against, you know, a 24th ranked Florida team, right? right. Like that yeah. might be what it looks like in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And that wouldn't, so here's all of this needs to be couched, right? In weird stuff happens in the playoffs. Any, anybody can beat anybody in the NFL and in, injuries happen, and all that. We get it. But for me, in years past, I've, I've gone into every, even the 2019 Super Bowl. I thought the Niners were the best team in the league. But I also knew that, like, man, hey, do you love Jimmy Garoppolo in a big spot? Like, ugh, I don't know. And sure enough, that's kind of what happened. 2020, they were all hurt. 21, same deal. It was like, yeah, you know, if everything goes right, And they don't need Jimmy to bring them back. Then they're good as they're as good as anyone. And they got punched in the mouth at the end of that game. And Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't bring them back. And then in twenty two, it was you know Purdy ended up getting hurt. But it was like, man, what kind of rookie? Can a rookie quarterback really win the NFC title game? It was just a a question. This year, I don't if they're if they're healthy, which you can say for any team. So I I just kind of leave that out. But I don't know the realistic picture that I'm drawing to uh, them losing. it certainly, I I don't, it seems like
2: they're not just going to get outplayed at full strength.
1: Yeah. Right. That's, that's kind of what I'm saying. And maybe, you know, weird, like again, weird things happen in football games. Maybe they lose in the divisional round. I don't know. I I mean, it could happen, but if they're just, if they're playing like a B plus game, I don't know who's 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 beating them. The thing, so, and I'm trying. Like I'm a, I'm a yeah. I am I, I try and poke holes in everything, and I don't. If they're missing their two starting defensive tackles, and yeah, sure, they'll have a hard time stopping the run. Right, you got like, but that goes for any team. So,
2: like with the Niners, when Jimmy Garoppolo was their quarterback, it felt fragile, or at least a lot more fragile than this feels, because it was always like you said, it was always like. If you have the most ideal circumstances for Jimmy Garoppolo, you can win a Super Bowl. Whereas I don't think we're saying that about Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy can actually, is like a playmaking quarterback in addition mm-hmm. to somebody who can run the system and distribute the ball on time to the right guys who are open. Like Brock Purdy mm-hmm. does both things. Like we see a lot of quarterbacks who make plays outside of the structure of the offense, like Lamar Jackson or even Russell Wilson for years really really good at scrambling around and making big plays and deep throws and all of that. But they mm-hmm. weren't very good in the structure of the offense, like the scripted stuff. Right. Brock Purdy's really good in both, and I think people lose that when when they watch him or talk about him in terms of like the hierarchy of where he is against other quarterbacks. But the reason why this 49ers team feels more inevitable than those Jimmy Garoppolo teams is because Brock Purdy can make plays. Brock Purdy can get outside the pocket and find Christian McCaffrey, who's wide open, and not overthrow or miss that throw, or not severely underthrow it to the point where Christian McCaffrey has to like come back, allowing the defense to come make right. that tackle. Right. So it's like Brock Purdy has raised the ceiling of this team to the point where it doesn't feel like We talk about it in the same way of that 2019 team where it was like, yeah, you can be you can be at a severe disadvantage when it came to the quarterback position Mm -hmm. and you could win if everything went perfectly. If your defense was nails and if your running game was Mm -hmm. going and all that, the way Brock Purdy plays and just this is just like an eye test thing. This is not a numbers thing. It's just like the way he makes plays and the way He runs the offense and can make plays outside of structure in tandem. It's just a completely, it's a completely different feeling watching this Niners team and a feeling that like, man, they might, they might just be like, you know, a lot of NFL teams feel like they're here, right? Like close, good Mm -hmm. NFL teams. Niners feel like they're, they're up here because of what Brock Purdy can do from an efficiency standpoint, both because Kyle Shanahan's really good at scheming guys open Mm -hmm. And he has really good playmakers, obviously. Mm -hmm. But when the play, the initial play that's drawn, it doesn't work. The fact Mm -hmm. that Brock Purdy can escape and make throws down the field, it just completely changes the ceiling of this offense. And the fact that he can attack, you know, he can throw deep balls. He can throw back shoulder touchdowns to Debo Samuel. Like he's making throws that Jimmy Garoppolo never could. And it Mm -hmm. changes the way we feel about this 49ers team because now it's like, okay, you don't talk about it like they need Optimal circumstances to make up for their exactly. poor
1: quarterback play because they're getting
2: really, really good quarterback play.
1: What did with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback? And I don't, this is not a drag Jimmy Garoppolo session. This is just they're ceiling they're with Jimmy Garoppolo versus they're sealing with Brock Purdy. Jimmy Garoppolo
2: is selling Travis Matthews' clothes as a backup quarterback.
1: He's living a very charmed life. He's doing I know, great. I feel,
2: I feel he, fine for him. He's doing
1: great. And he won a lot of football <laughs> games for the 49ers. You know, shout out, but, but, but raised the banner. So. <laughs> The the thing with with, with Jimmy and, and now we've we've gone off the rails and I forgot what I was gonna say exactly, but it was something along <laughs> it was something along the lines of with Jimmy Garoppolo there was a like defined way to defend the 49ers. And it was
2: various Ward said it in Eric Armstead's podcast. I don't know if yeah. you saw that clip.
1: I I he was like I did. Yeah, I wrote about it at Ninerswire.com. He
2: played for the Chiefs. And he was like, he was like, our game plan was to put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's
1: hands and make Jimmy beat us. Yeah. And, it and worked. then he's like, I don't know why you guys stopped running in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went back and looked Cause I didn't feel like that was the case. It definitely was. Yeah. It was, it was tough. Anyways, don't want to relitigate all that, but it, it was like, there was like a, Hey, this is how you can defend them. And it's just take away these short to intermediate throws in the middle of the field. And he's going to give you two picks and you're just going to be able to to take those to the bank. And meanwhile, and yeah, go ahead, sir. And you don't have that opportunity with, with Purdy. They're there sometimes, for sure. Like, there are times, I think, where he still locks in on, on Debo. Samuel. The, uh, the Niners' second drive today, that first throw, that was a, going to throw it to Debo on this in-breaking route, no matter what, even though the DB is right there and nearly came up with a pick. Like, those throws are still there. They're just fewer. And when the play breaks down, it's, hey, he's not, Happy feet and throwing the ball behind himself, he is escaping and flipping it out to Kyle check or finding Brandon Ayuk deep down the field. There's just a more explosive element that I think forces defenses to defend more grass than they used to need to defend. Now let's pause the 49ers talk real quick and talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in America, it is my favorite way. To watch sports it has greatly enhanced the sports watching experience and I think it'll do the same for you Chris and I before the 49ers Cardinals game made some picks some of them worked out some of them didn't Uh, Chris you go ahead and roll through your picks how did you do Uh,
2: I went one of four and because Mm. I only do power plays uh, it was yet another unsuccessful week for me but hey we're going to we're gonna get back to the drawing board. Um, yeah. We're going to take it one week at a time. Sure. We're going to watch the film and, and figure out how we can get better. Um, Brandon Ayuk, I had uh, more than half of a touchdown. He did not get in the end zone mm. on Sunday in Arizona. Debo Samuel, half a touchdown. He scored twice. Um, so really, that should account for all four of my overs. If you divide two by a half, you get four. But um, I'm not going to quibble too much there. Uh, Jake Moody. I had one and a half, uh, more than one and a half field goals. Um, he had one. Um, Jake Moody just continues to be a massive disappointment um, for a kicker draft in the third round. I'm kidding, of course. This is only prize picks. Um, I had Marquise Brown uh, more than 0.5 touchdowns. I thought he would, um, he would be a factor against the 49ers today. And as I scroll through the stats i don't see marquise brown anywhere so yeah, he left again um, i think was... he left
1: the game early with a little heel injury
2: yeah and i i think he was coming into the game with a heel injury as well so yeah. not great on uh from, from my standpoint but again you know we're gonna we're gonna lick our wounds a little bit we're gonna do some self-scouting and uh and yeah. get back to it next week
1: yeah absolutely i went with debo samuel more than 14 and a half rushing yards i did Picked that one every week. Didn't work out this week. One carry for 11 yards. So he did not uh, go go more than the 14 and a half. Brock Purdy, I had more than one and a half passing touchdowns. Nailed it. He had four of them things. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, I had more than half a touchdown. Count it. Brandon Ayuk, more than half a touchdown. No dice, as you said. And then James Conner, my guy. I had more than 63 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. And uh my man did that just on the ground. 86 yards on the ground for James Conner. Really really nice game for him. 4 for 5 for me. So because I do the flex plays because I'm I'm smart with the prize picks. <laughs> Get a little back. I love a flex play. It makes it so you don't have to hit every single one to uh to earn earn a little cash. So join us on Prize Picks. I'm telling you, it's not and even like with basketball season, they do the specials leagues where they do like combo entries where it's like it'll be like Travis Kelsey and LeBron James, and it'll be more or less than 10.5 combined three-pointers and catches. It's a really fun thing, and it's such a cool way to, to enhance your sports watching experience. So definitely join me and Chris. We can help you out with that. Prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Use promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Promo code Candlestick for your first deposit match up to $100. You can do it on the web. There's an app. I use the app. Super easy to use. You're going to love it. Please join us at Prize Picks. Daily Fantasy Sports made easy. Yo, it's your homies Kyle and Chris for Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops. Because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are are dressing themselves in uh, maybe it's the maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts or maybe it's a pair of joggers or maybe it's an ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I, I base my outfits off of that. And it always makes me look dope, which is the single most important thing and
2: it's also comfortable it's also high quality it's super stylish they're conversation starters honestly they also have kids uh kid sizes on here too yes and everything's unisex uh we we should point out also so um no matter if you're a man or woman these clothes will look great on you
1: or a child or a child they have children's sizes and a lot of their (laughs) stuff as well Use promo code Candlestick20 today to get 20% off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever. Candlestick20 is a promo code any day of the week to get 20% off your order from sglambchops.com. Shout out to them. We really appreciate their support, and uh, we would appreciate it if you support them by going to sglambchops.com and ordering some dope, comfortable, high-quality clothing. Join the herd today. And
2: this is, I, I think... You know, given that Tyreek Hill didn't play today and given that Dak Prescott, um, again, I haven't watched the game, but given the way his numbers were, I think he averaged fewer than four yards per attempt and a blowout loss to the Bills, which the Cowboys really needed that game, right? Um, when mm-hmm. it comes to the MVP discussion, for me, I think it's Brock, and I'm sure like it's fair to call me biased since like I host a 49ers podcast, but I think it's Brock and the reason is when you look at the most valuable thing in the nfl right now it is the it's the 49ers offense and just how it's moving Mm -hmm. right like the thing that impacts winning the most for the best team in the nfl right now is the 49ers offense and the fact that brock Purdy has elevated it beyond what you had with jimmy garoppolo to now it feels like there's no real answer to defending it Mm -hmm. right like it doesn't feel like if you overload on McCaffrey then Debo's gonna burn you if you overload on Ayuk like you just they, they have too many weapons they have such a good scheme they have a quarterback who's playing at a really high level so to me that's why that's why it's Brock because like it's a way to reward everything that's happening because there's mm-hmm. just no way you can have a team this dominant that's the number one seed in the NFC presumably the best team in the NFL during the regular season and not reward the 49ers somehow. And if you don't want to give Brock Purdy MVP, and I think I've said this before, and I've seen it said elsewhere, then Kyle Shanahan has to be coach of the year. I agree. There's just no, you know, like, so it, it has to be one of those things, if not both. But for Can me, we, like, oh. the, 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 the point I want to make, and I tweeted about this, is that, like, I think a lot of people conflate the MVP award with, like, a scouting conversation. Like, the MVP award is not who would you take if every single player in the league was available in a draft. Mm-hmm. It's a narrative award. It's just who is who is the guy who's most important this season in terms mm-hmm. of the bigger picture that is the NFL and what the hierarchy of the league looks like.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And given that Brock Purdy's elevating this 49ers offense to seemingly unstoppable, and all of the numbers reflect that... All of the numbers reflect that. And all the numbers, if you go back in history and look at what quarterbacks who put up these type of numbers do, mm-hmm. they win MVPs. So if you want to say Brock Purdy does more because he has more, then that's absolutely fine. But that doesn't disqualify him. And if you did a draft with all of the NFL players and you had one pick, hell no, I'm not taking Brock Purdy first. But that's not what this conversation is. And I, I think a lot of people think it is that conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's not it's not saying who's the best quarterback who's the most talented quarterback. It's who is the most valuable player in the league who is telling the story of when like who is most important to winning in the league right now. Mm -hmm. And it's the fact that the 49ers offense just is at a completely different level than it used to be. And they just dominate all of these teams that they play, including some of the best teams in the league who appear to be their chief competition.
1: I don't want to I don't want to do more on the MVP stuff, because like you said, it's so narrative based and and that i i just i agree with everything you said the other thing is on this whole shit everybody's overthinking it there are so, i think there are so many people overthinking what voters are realistically going to look at if the 49ers are the number 1 seed and they have a quarterback who threw for 4600 yards and 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and he averaged 9.8 yards per attempt that's going to be your mvp because not that many people just are it. looking past the numbers like, it's not that goddamn hard. It's not. Yeah. So, is it going like, to... there, It's stupid. Not even the MVP of his team. Okay. Sure, man. Whatever. Hey, real quick. <laughs> just a uh, side, side note. Having nothing to do with this. The juxtaposition of Sam Darnold's throws versus Brock Purdy's was really funny to me. Darn- Darnold can move it, bro. <laughs>
2: so i kind of think like like brock purdy obviously has m- maybe an average arm like when it it's, comes it's to adequate
1: it does not he it's it doesn't, adequate it's not going to make him fail the fact that he does not
2: throw 95 mile an hour fastballs all the time i feel like he throws very catchable passes yes and like how often do anecdotally how often do his passes wobble it feels like every throw is a tight spiral. Almost never. More of a Cupid shuffle group. Sure. <laughs> but the point is, like, because Brock Purdy's not, he doesn't have a rocket arm, I feel like his passes are just very easy to catch.
1: Yeah. And I don't accurate, think it's a coincidence which, that George Kittle dropped that one from Sam Darnold. That has some it cheese looked like, on it.
2: It looked like 40% harder than every <laughs> single pass he's got from rock Purdy this sizzle year
1: sizzle on it <laughs> uh,
2: arnold is coming in with some adrenaline man
1: <laughs> like that, the, and then that first the audacity to throw that one back across the field after rolling left is like bro what are we doing Got to respect like, it
2: darnell was like am i like he he ran onto the field in that game and had to be thinking like is this am, am i going to be starting playoff games
0: Oh, that, dude, a thousand
2: percent. Is this the first snap of me like starting? Where am I, where like, am I gonna... starting the rest of the way and going to the NFC championship? Like, am I going to have to win us a Super Bowl? <laughs> where am I going to spend my
1: 280 mil next offseason? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it just, it was, it was definitely like a this is my time. It's Sam Darnold time, baby. <laughs> Like we're letting Poor this gun. thing rip. That thing, man, good for him. <laughs> but no, seriously, when when Purdy went down the way he went down, first of all, he's just laying there, and the way his arm was just kind of hanging at his side—I don't even notice that while he was on the ground—and the way he was grabbing up at his arm, it's like that's a like that looks like a collarbone, like that. There's no way that that's good. And then you see the hit, and you go, okay, it's probably like it's it's probably not a collarbone but man it's second concussion for him this year yeah i thought and it was a head injury. To... so i wouldn't be surprised if they evaluate him at some point although unless he has symptoms i don't think they they do that but yeah i just glad it was not a concussion for him yeah
2: no. yeah no doubt and it was kind of wild that the christian Let... McCaffrey knee thing happened at the the same time
1: yeah. So, so Terrence in the YouTube chat. And again, if you want to watch the show live on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash at Candlestick Chronicles podcast, or just search Candlestick Chronicles on YouTube and we pop right up. Uh, please subscribe to the channel. If you do not hit that little notification bell, so you get notified when we go live and, um, please hit thumbs up on the video. Again, if you're in here right now, we would really appreciate it. If you smash that thumbs up, that would be super, super dope. All right. Um, yeah, Terrence in our YouTube chat brought up the injury scares today. You had McCaffrey leaving with the knee thing, and he just got that taped up and he came back in. Nick Posa got rolled up on because Randy Gregory just threw a guy to the ground after the play. He right said in the, it after the, back the game. Of Nick it, was, Bosa's legs.
2: it was his foot. Oh, it was his foot. But okay. his foot was fine. He, I think he missed one
1: play. Yeah, he came back pretty shortly after. Uh but yeah, scary moment there. The Brock Purdy mo- thing was a scary moment there. It's like, man, this is this is one of those just get out of here alive type of games. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and Diamodore Lenore has a rib injury. Um he looked like he was in a decent amount of pain. Kyle Shanahan said he got stepped on afterwards. Mm. Um so we'll see. I'm told he'll have an MRI on Monday most likely and and we'll see the severity of that. I thought Lenore had a really good game.
1: Yeah, Deomedro so Delanore cool. was really good. He's he's
2: been coming on since he's like gotten a chance to get more comfortable in that nickel role. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's been really good. Just... Me too. Him yeah. and Travarius Ward both like Travarius Ward, I mean, I think he's playing at an all pro level. And I he's think been the excellent the like the Thanksgiving game against Seattle sort of showcased that. Like to sometimes for if you're not like a a regular all pro guy or pro bowl guy was in or that discussion. first round pick we, or yeah first round pick. You need, you need those type of high profile games where you do what he did against DK Metcalf. Um, mm-hmm. And like, but you know, the numbers, the he leads the NFL in pass breakups. He had two interceptions today. He scored his first career touchdown. Like he's on obviously a really good defense. It mm-hmm. seems to me like this is headed to, at minimum, a Pro Bowl berth, and it wouldn't surprise me if he was first or second team All-Pro.
1: Yeah, me neither. He's been really good. He's been really good. Ambry Thomas has been a revelation on the opposite side. Yeah. Yeah. He's not not at the other guy's
2: level, but he's... I think Lenore has been one of the most pleasant surprises
1: on the team. Yeah. Not playable. And all of a sudden, he's this starting caliber corner. Yeah, that's kind of I don't know. That's kind of nuts. It's just not a it, it, the the secondary just for me is no longer an issue. To the point that when people go, why can't why won't the 49ers win the Super Bowl? You're going well. That secondary is like, ugh. like a secondary is not very good. They just have an awesome pass rush. Whereas now it's like, no man, that they they <laughs> the, they they have probably I've not counted this, and I don't even I would not even be able to go back and figure this out, but it feels like this year they have more coverage sacks or sacks that feel like coverage sacks than ever before. It was kind of wild. A lot of QBs just hanging out in the pocket for a long ass time before they get taken out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, I think it was pretty clear what the 49ers were missing from a run defense perspective today without Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was still kind of wild when like you look out, you look out there like on third down they're missing two of their most highly paid defensive t- defensive linemen and it's still nick bosa chase young randy gregory and javon kinlaw yeah <laughs> you know, like a bunch of like highly drafted super talented players right like, oh, yeah. they're missing two of their starting defensive tackles and they still have like you know say what you like javon kinlaw is still like he hasn't been super productive and he had flashes where i mean kinlaw is a roller coaster if, if, if you watch Boy, him Snap in and snap out. He's like he'll show he'll have a really good rep and then he'll be on his back and really good rep and be on his back. It's just like but yeah. point is he was still like what the 17th overall pick in his draft? Something yes. like that. He was a he was picked in the teens and he's still a super no, talented 12, big and thirteenth.
1: Thirteenth? 14th? Did they 14th, trade for 13 and trade back to 14? Or trade for 12 and yeah. move back to 13? I forget. Point being is that
2: even without those guys they still have a lot of horses. A lot of like very He's talented a lottery
1: pick. linemen. Yeah. Uh, 14th overall. Yeah. Yeah, they th- yeah, this is something uh Luis in our in our chat brings us up like the tackling was so bad as we get away from things that were good in this game. There were a couple of of the 49-yard touchdown run had no business being a touchdown. It just—it was not, not great. No, James Conner had a couple of runs where he had a bunch of yards after contact. That was the most rushing
2: yards the Niners
1: the Niners have given up since twenty seventeen. Yeah, fourteen for eighty six, four for sixty four, six for forty nine, three for twenty seven. Like, good lord, man! And they you still have seven point really eight long... yards per carry
2: they still have a really long streak i think it goes back at least a year or two of not allowing a 100 yard rusher hmm. i thought that was going to get broken today for sure but then yeah, De Mercado he... broke a 49 yarder and james connor didn't get the chance <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe that was why they let Di Mercado score probably keep that keep that streak intact chestnut checkers bro absolutely yeah. like let him score this touchdown I did like that. Kyle Shanahan pulled his starters as early as he did. Yeah, like I agree. when I looked up with like what was it eight minutes to go, and it's Sam Darnold and Jalen Moore's in the game for Trent Williams and Debo Samuel's not on the field and Christian McCaffrey's not on the field. It's like, hey, look at that! They did it. They managed to pull some starters. I'm proud of them.
2: Yeah, and they get a little bit of a of an advantage going into next week in that. Um well they will they will get the extra day because they play on Monday, but so does Baltimore. But Baltimore has a night game tonight and then mm-hmm. flies back and then has to fly out. They have um, a night road game tonight. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So they those night those road games <laughs> those are tough. Like legitimately, yeah, like they're not they're not gonna get back to Baltimore until like two or three in the morning. Yeah. And then it's like, you kind of lose your Monday just kind of from recovery. And it's like, I've been on some of those trips. I'll never forget mm-hmm. like the 2018 Monday night green Bay game. I legitimately, because like I had to drive back and I mean, it, it was, I was flying commercial from green Bay, but I felt like, affected Sick flex. For, like, <laughs> I felt, <laughs> I felt like exhausted for like the entire week coming back after that game.
1: Damn. And you didn't have to play football.
2: And I didn't have to play football. So I do think the travel stuff matters.
1: Are football players underpaid? (laughs) Fire off that. Some of them. (laughs) Brock Purdy's underpaid. Tell you that much. Uh, Rory, actually, actually, this dovetails nicely with Rory's question here. Rory in the YouTube chat asked, uh, Brock Purdy has one more guaranteed cost control to your rights. Two more. He has... But he can request, he can get extended after three, so after next year. So after next year, right? He can get extended, but he is under contract through twenty twenty five.
2: If Brock Purdy doesn't have a new deal before his fourth season, I'm willing to bet he's not going to show up to training camp. Yeah, that would be insane
1: to a be Brock an MVP Purdy candidate
2: making making eight hundred and twenty six thousand dollars
1: his what's the uh if he if he wins the mvp what's what's that thing called where there's like performance-based pay from the nfl where there's like a pool oh of money? Yeah, yeah just give it all I to him he, just give it all to he, him he might get it i mean
2: if without looking this i feel very comfortable saying brock purdy is one of if not the biggest bargains in nfl history
1: yeah. From if they win. Yeah. Like even more
2: than Tom Brady. Because like Trey Lance's contract, if Trey Lance was doing this, it would feel like a bargain and he's making he would be making eight to nine million dollars a
1: year. Well the the quarterback he's making eight hundred and twenty six thousand. The quarterback the quarterback rookie deal thing is like the thing, right? It is get a quarterback on a rookie deal, and the Niners have the lowest rookie deal you can have a quarterback on unless they're I think you could players. have a yeah yeah. A lo- the lowest deal you can have a drafted quarterback on. Like that's peak that's peaking <laughs> as a as a team. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like anyway. Trey Lance for a while was still like one of the 49ers like 20 highest paid guys even though it was you know even though it was like quote unquote a boon to have a rookie quarterback as your or a quarterback on his rookie contract starting. Right. brock pretty makes 10 percent that it's crazy
1: <laughs> it's nuts dude
2: that'll be that'll be the most one of the most interesting conversations that is gonna so have happened for a long long time going yeah. into that season is like do we do does everyone feel comfortable with paying brock pretty 50 million dollars a year
1: and that's or where
2: Kyle Shannon go back to the well and
1: try to. We're going to do this a million times, but why not? <laughs> that well, and that's where the whole discussion of what does Brock Purdy look like in a league average offense now that's where that's relevant. Is that, is that, um, is that the like, I don't. That it's not it it doesn't factor in what would he look like in a in a league average offense doesn't factor into the MVP conversation for me. But not at all in the in the are you paying Brock Purdy conversation, where okay, now you have to project out, okay, over the next five years, Christian McCaffrey's gonna be gone, Debo Samuel's gonna be gone, maybe Brandon is still around, but George Kittle's gonna be gone. What does he look like then? Trent Williams is gonna be gone, what does he look like then? Is he then elevating this roster that is not full of superstars, assuming they're not still full of superstars in four years. Like that's, that's where that now matters to me. But I mean, they don't have to cross that bridge for another year and a half. So yeah, we'll just, it'll be interesting, but
2: I think he's going to be around for a long time. I do too. I just think there's going to be, there are going to be times when like, they're going to have to lose some players And obviously be less active in free agency. Like they won't be able to sign somebody like Chavon Hargrave. Like as loaded as the Niners were, it was at R it was still wild in free agency. Be like, Oh yeah, the Niners got the best defensive lineman available in free agency. Right. And then traded for Randy Gregory and then traded for Chase Young. Like Mm -hmm. at some point, you're not going to be able to do those things when you have a quarterback making $50 million. Yeah. So, We'll see. I But regardless, I don't see any way. That, like Assuming Brock Purdy stays healthy and continues playing at this level, I don't see any way where they're like, okay, thanks for the two years. We're going to draft somebody else and trade you for four first-round picks.
1: Right. Right, right, right. That's, yeah, I, don't I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. No. Kyle Shanahan really likes Brock Purdy. And that matters. That matters a lot here. Uh, shout out He's to that- Darrell Luter and, and Robert Beal, who made their defensive debuts today robert beal made his debut period uh darrell litter had played in three games he hadn't played on defense yet but he played in defense today sorry i thought we were done with the purdy thing keep going
2: no i thought it was notable that kyle shannon said post game that brock purdy makes plays is like a playmaking quarterback Mm -hmm. at the highest level he's had in his
1: time in the league yeah yeah i think that's true
2: Anytime Jimmy Garoppolo tried to make a play outside of the structure of the offense, you are like, oh, this is going to end badly. Like, oh, God. Most <laughs> of the time it did. Yeah. Like, throw it away. Throw it away. Throw it away. Oh, pick to a
1: linebacker. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I, no. I, I, I don't I don't think that's a that's a crazy notion. Like Matt Ryan was incredible in, in 2016, but it wasn't a lot of off script out of structure stuff.
2: Yeah. Anyways. yeah so i just yeah we'll have plenty of more time to talk about the mvp stuff i just think it's when people think when you say mvp they're like oh i would take this guy over that guy it's like it's that's not what the award is right so yep. um
1: if the award is who goes first in a draft then patrick Mahomes is just the mvp every year right exactly
2: Anyways. It's why LeBron James doesn't have eight MVPs.
1: Right, and it's why Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double that one year and everyone went, holy crap, Tri- triple-double average. Gotta give it to him. And then the next year he did it and everyone's like, okay, I'm over it. It wasn't the story of the league that year.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: right. Anyways.
2: Uh, we have Baltimore up 10 nothing at the eight-minute
1: mark in the third quarter. Sounds like it's a bummer we're missing this one. <laughs> a lot of just red-hot hey. AFC action. I like
2: I like good good defensive football. Sure. Yeah. Like that Niners Cowboys playoff game last year where both defenses were like playing at a really high level, felt like a real fun like intense playoff game.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if this is that or if <laughs> if Yeah, no, Trevor Lawrence 19 to 26, 171 yards. Lamar's got a pick and a TD. Blake Hans just reported as eligible according to NFL Jesus, 49ers legend. Hmm. And now it's um, 10-6 Because R- Justin Herbert just threw a touchdown Rory R- in
2: the chat asks If if Brock Purdy signs a deal after year 3 He gets a signing bonus right away But the cap hit doesn't kick in until after year 4 He's not just going to be making less than a million As an MVP in Super Bowl champ um, there, there are no hard and fast rules About the structure and what his <laughs> um, As we know <laughs> As we know as like People who really evaluate the structure <laughs> contracts there's no um there's no hard and fast rule on when that money hits the books it's just all based on how it's set up so it can be a backloaded contract to where he's basically on the same cap number that he that his existing contracts on and then typically how that goes is the contract gets more expensive so it's a backloaded deal as time goes on or he gets all the money up front and then he's really expensive for one year and cheaper Um, as time goes Mm -hmm. on and then what teams do often is give void years that essentially allow you to spread out the signing bonuses over more years to shrink cap numbers in any given year right so you'll you'll go to a site like spotrack or over the cap and you'll see like oh this guy signed for eight years but it it's like a you know six-year contract yeah yeah, four years (laughs) with a bunch of void years on the back of it Right. And they just use those void years to spread out the signing bonuses. Right. But the more you do that, the more when you when that guy is eventually not on your team and you are in one of those void years, you have a bunch of dead money going to that guy. Um so it's uh it's complicated but I'm sure there'll be ways to do it. If there's a team that I think would create a big contract that is malleable, um I think it would be the 49ers. And I I do right. think there's an element of Brock Purdy being like like every time you bring up the com- MVP conversation to him, he'll be like, "I'm on a really good team. I have really good teammates. I have really good coaches." I don't he think said today be dude. That
1: Christian McCaffrey would be his MVP pick. Yeah, shocking I mean, development that he would say such a thing.
2: There is no content. I I love everyone who makes NFL content. The no. teammate praises teammate content. Ninety nine percent of it. Great. <laughs> I, Teammate has teammates back. Teammate yeah, well, yeah. says great. Opposing, says our opposing coach is gonna be praises great.
1: Like, opposing team player. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, um, tell me when. Tell me when opposing coach is like, we're targeting fifty-five because that guy sucks. <laughs> tell me that. That's great. I'm in. Right. But anyway, back to my point.
2: It's that. I think Brock Purdy has enough self-awareness to be like, yeah, I'm probably not going to ask for 70 million dollars a year just because I'm <laughs> sure. quarterbacking like a really great team. Like I I'll probably be fine with like 50 or 40 so we can, you know, continue paying some of these guys that make me look good.
1: Yeah. Can we talk about Philly Seattle real quick? Sure. It's a big game. I'm wondering if 49ers fans are emotionally prepared to root for the Seahawks.
2: I think football fans are petty. Like, they're fickle enough. Like, if, I, if you were to ask me who I think 49ers fans dislike more right now, I would say the Eagles are like very clearly above the Seahawks.
1: Yeah, no no doubt. And it's like, it is a layup that the Seahawks winning is better for the 49ers. Like, it's not even close. It's not even like, well, unless like, it's just that the Eagles losing would be huge for San Francisco. And they're. They've already wrapped up the
2: season. division. So the Seahawks are not really a threat. Right? They're just
1: irrelevant now it's just that's kind of a weird thing if you're a Niner fan and you're like yeah okay. go Hawks am I right? <laughs> like that's weird a lot of... that's weird it was it's like it's like, it was like when, they, when they needed the Cowboys to beat the Eagles the other night like my mom hates the Cowboys like like well, it was a huge Niner fan through the heat of the rivalry right and the other night when the Cowboys played the Eagles she's like I hate this but you know it's got our cowboys. (laughs) Now, I don't
2: like I don't I think most 49ers fans, and maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but we'll be absolutely fine rooting against the Seahawks. What I don't think is gonna happen is like you're gonna have 49ers fans calling themselves 12s or being like (laughs) wearing 12s jerseys or
1: or anything like that. Oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah. That would be funny though. If somebody just pulled up in full Seahawks regalia and they were like, let's go. Go get that one seed, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason that matters is so Dallas lost today; they go to ten and four. Detroit also ten and four. If the Eagles lose and they go to ten and four, and we talked about this earlier with Dallas, but the Niners would be sitting at eleven and three. They would be a full game up on Philly, Detroit, and Dallas, the three teams chasing them for the number one seed. And they would have the head-to-head tiebreaker over Philly and Dallas, so they would ostensibly be two games up with three games to go. On those two teams, which gives them a little bit of wiggle room where if they lose a game, it is not the end of the world.
2: And they would have the conference record tiebreaker
1: against the Lions. Yeah, uh, they would have it against, especially if they lose to Baltimore. Yeah.
2: They're nine and one in the NFC.
1: In the NFC. I think we lost you there for a second, but yeah. I said they're nine and one in the NFC, so they right. would have the conference tiebreaker, kind of regardless. Yeah. yeah. So, right. anyways, Rams in that seven seed. I'm not sure anybody want would, would. Hey, Rams. Let's let's say everything shakes out the way it currently is. So Niners would have a bye. The four five is is Dallas at Tampa again. Uh, and then it is Minnesota at Detroit. And then Rams at Eagles. Are you confidently picking the Eagles in that round? No. I'm definitely not. I would want no smoke with the Rams. How about the Eagles making Matt
2: Patricia their defensive coordinator? Insanity, dude. I thought Very that was... quietly just fired Sean Desai. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I thought that was a fake tweet when it happened. Or when I saw it. Or, I
1: guess something. they they demoted him. I guess.
2: Right. Always great when you're when you're a conference power just like demoting your one of your coordinators midway through the season.
1: Or in crunch time of the season. <laughs> yeah, Doing that going. in November? Okay. You know, don't look December seventeenth? What? <laughs> oh my god. For Matt Patricia? Right. For Matt Patricia. He has the answers. Thing. Right. That's your guy? Damn, they are down bad, dude. And that they're like, oh, that's Shaq Leonard. All right, man. Sure.
2: That will be a very interesting game on uh on Monday night.
1: Anyway, anything
2: else from Niners Cardinals?
1: Nothing else from Niners Cardinals. Another just solid win. So another win. another final score that didn't indicate how one side of the game was.
2: Yeah, Niners offense I thought was excellent. I thought Brock was excellent. I thought the injury scares were certainly notable, but ultimately seems like things are okay defensive injuries could be a problem their tackling was absolutely a problem and they're pretty sloppy on defense overall but mm-hmm. when your offense is this good it might not matter and that's sort of my big picture takeaway from the game
1: yep next week's going to be really interesting possible super bowl preview yes. between the 49ers and ravens and i can't wait we'll talk to you about that we'll talk about that game more throughout this week uh, shout out to everybody for watching on youtube we appreciate all of you if you could hit that thumbs up before you get out of here that would be awesome and we would appreciate the heck out of it please subscribe while you're here as well. If you have not already done so hit that notification bell. So you are notified every time we go live and we are here after every single 49ers game. And we're here a couple times during the week. So um, lock in with us and please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as well. Rate, review, do all those things. We would appreciate it very greatly. think that's it. That's all I got. Work on. See
2: you everybody. Bye.